If you would, take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis uh, 32. Um, the, the only other announcement that I can think of is just a reminder uh, to be planning ahead for the year. Um, in May, we're going to have uh, Tommy Zito back with us here in the state of Vermont. And then June 30th through July 6th, he is going to be up at the camp in White River for the Great American Camp Meeting. Uh, we do have rooms available. We do have a few cabins available. We have tent sites available. Uh, so if you're interested in that, please uh, talk to me about that so we can get you booked. <clears throat> As we begin the new year, I will often cast the vision for the coming year. This morning, I'm, I'm not going to cast a vision for the year. I related the vision and mission of the church in late 2023 when I spoke about how our mission really hasn't changed. Uh, so it seems a bit unneeded to do that again so soon. Uh, but uh, just to reiterate just a little, we're here to win souls. Amen. We're here to equip men and women to minister and then to send them out. It's the Great Commission, what the church is supposed to be doing at all times. But how do we go about accomplishing that mission? Uh, while I'm not going to share a new vision for the new year this morning, I do want to set the tone of ministry for the coming year to give us some direction, and I want to help us move, uh, I want to help move us along in pursuing uh, our mission and pushing for our personal spiritual growth. And so this year, we're going to begin by wrestling with God, and this is a phrase I want you to remember, there is blessing in the wrestling. We need to grab hold of the Lord and hold on to Him until He blesses us. We need to hold on to Him so tightly that His blessings overflow in our lives, the church, and out into others. Do you want the blessings of God? Then do whatever it takes to hold on to Yeshua the Savior. Do it. Wrestle with Him. Do you want healing? then he must press through the crowd, reach out and take hold of him, and not let go until you receive it. You want to see men, women, and children come to salvation, then wrestle with God. Do you want to experience the presence of God in your life, in your home, at church, at work, with friends, then wrestle with the Lord of heaven. We begin again in Genesis 32. Now, Jacob is heading home. He's in hopes of making things right with his brother Esau. He encounters angels of the Lord, and he understands that the place where he's at, where he camps, is a place like Bethel. It's a place where the Lord dwells and meets with man. And he begins to send everyone and everything else home on ahead. And the Bible says, Genesis 32, starting in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. And then we find something very curious here. It says, And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there 
he blessed him. Now, the Bible tells us that this man who Jacob wrestled with was really the Lord himself. And what a strange thought it might be for a man to engage the Lord in a wrestling match. What is the purpose of it? What can be gained in this endeavor? Because how can a man stand against the Lord of heaven, who is a consuming fire? How can a mere mortal prevail against the almighty God? If we are to wrestle with the Lord like Jacob did, then how does one wrestle with the almighty Lord of heaven and earth? Now, please note, I just want to point this out before we go any further. It was the Lord that started this wrestling match. It was not Jacob. It was the Lord who uh, provoked this fight. It was the Lord that descended upon Jacob and took hold of him. Jacob was content to mind his own business. How many of you just, you know, you're going through life and you just want to mind your own business? You don't need any extra drama. You certainly don't need to wrestle with God. Jacob's thoughts were on Esau and their impending reunion. Jacob's concerns were centered on earthly matters and family business. But the Lord had a far greater thing in mind, Jacob's heavenly blessing. You see, there's blessing in the wrestling. God has great purpose in his blessings. And we need to understand that when God blesses the believer, it is so that others can be blessed as well. The Lord said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and through you, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. It's the same in our life. God blesses us so the blessing will flow from us to others. Again, I want you to remember this phrase, there is blessing in the wrestling. Perhaps we could say this was the, like the final test for Jacob. Jacob has shown his desire to protect the inheritance by buying his birthright from his, that his brother despised. He had honored and kept his vows to his wicked, idol-worshiping uncle, and he had pledged in his own heart to restore the things he had stolen from his brother Esau. But in the midst of this journey home, the Lord again grabs a hold of him and begins to wrestle with him. The Lord brings this moment of testing and upheaval, this wrestling into Jacob's life in order to produce something new, something in Jacob, and he wants to do the same in you and me. I know, again, how most of us would react if the, when the Lord uh, begins to push us around and start to wrestle with us. What now, God? Why? Why would you do this? Don't you know I have enough stuff to worry about? What in the world is wrong with you? You're supposed to be helping me and make all this bad stuff go away, and instead you want to wrestle with me? The Lord says, you want to cry about it? I'll give you something to cry about. And like Jacob, he reaches in and strikes your hip. But once again, why would God wrestle with Jacob? Best thing I can compare it to is wrestling with my own boys. It's a natural thing for boys to wrestle with their father or perhaps an older sibling. I did it with my father when I was young, and I wrestled with Tim and Andrew when they were young. Before Andrew and Hannah moved to Georgia, and I didn't do this intentionally, but Andrew and I kind of rekindled that sibling fighting with Krav Maga, but let me tell you what, there's nothing like a six-foot-something, 300-pound-something man coming at you with a fist or a knee or an elbow. 
You just hope he doesn't remember all the bad stuff you did to him when he was a little kid. Because I certainly can't call Andrew my little brother anymore. I can call him my younger brother, but not my little brother. But Gunner and Jack, they love to wrestle with me. And Gunner is sure he can just put me to sleep with a sleeper hold. He'll cry, uh, crawl up into my lap to give me a hug goodnight. And he'll throw his arms around my neck. And he'll just squeeze as tight as he can. And I'll make a few gurgling sounds and act like I'm kind of Hulk Hogan back in the day and I'm going out. And he just squeezes tighter and laughs harder. And then like a zombie, I'll come back to life, rising up from the grave and, and throw him off of me and shoo him off the bed. But he just loves it. Now, when the boys jump all over me and want to wrestle, you got to understand I can best them anytime I want. But showing my superiority is not the point. There's something special in that type of play that makes boys, well, boys and men, men. I'll pause right there to make sure everybody understands I'm not talking about abuse, right? I'm talking about play. There's something different with play and, and uh, these types of things. And so there's a lot that comes from wrestling and the like. It's not just the physical learning of how to defend oneself in years to come, but also the knowledge of what these are for. They're not for hurting others, especially women or your siblings, but for defending others and yourself. There are lessons to be learned by taking a few lumps in life in a safe environment. You learn what will and will not kill you. You will learn how far you can push yourself. But we also have to understand that when boys and their father or, or brothers wrestle, it's a bonding time. And the ladies probably won't get it like the guys do, but we bond through things like wrestling and physical matchups and other sports. Often men come alive at the prospect of testing themselves against another. And so the Lord does this with Jacob. At any point, the Lord could have shrugged off Jacob and gone on his way, as evidenced by what he did to Jacob's hip. He just reaches when he decides he's done, he just reaches over and pow, pops it out of its socket. And in the midst of the pain, he calls Jacob, he says, all right, let me go. It's morning time. Again, at any moment, the Lord could have stood up, shook off Jacob and walked away, but Showing his superiority, again, was not the point. He didn't need to prove that he was stronger than Jacob. He wanted to see what Jacob had in him. He wanted Jacob to pursue him, to grab hold of him, and not let go. He wanted Jacob to understand, again, there is blessing in the wrestling. You would think that if there was ever a moment that Jacob could have cried, uncle, it was now. Here was Jacob's out. The Lord started this. The Lord seemingly finished by popping his hip out of its socket. How much longer could Jacob go on with a hip like that? How much pain must he have been in? Yep, Jacob says, I don't care how much it hurts. I'm not letting go of you until you bless me. And so Jacob shows that he really, really wants the blessing of the Lord. Now you might ask, you think God really wants us to wrestle with him? I mean, isn't that just a strange thought? And I would ask, do you really expect God to bless you? 
You expect God to pour out his spirit on our community, our church, your home. Now, let me say God does bless us in all sorts of ways, uh, uh, unexpected manners, and when we least expect it. These blessings are free and given without any work or merit on our part. But even the blessing of salvation, how many of you believe salvation is a blessing? Amen? It's a blessing. But you still got to grab hold of it and accept it. You still have to take the free gift. Anyone can do it and have their sins washed away. But you must, again, pursue the free gift of God the Lord has provided. And there is a deeper blessing that is given to those who are proven worthy of them. And these are the blessings I speak of today. There are blessings for those that they are reserved for those who have wrestled with God and have prevailed through the night until the breaking of the day. Again, there is power in learning to wrestle with the Lord, and we must learn to pursue Him, to cling to Him, and let nothing shake our grip free. Psalm 63 says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirst for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land there is where there is no water. How does one wrestle with God? Joshua told Israel to cling to God. What does clinging to someone look like? Looks a lot like wrestling. Now, years ago, there was a term familiar to Christians. It was called praying through. It was a type of prayer that made men and women some of the strongest Christians in history. Their prayers rocked nations and rained down holy fire on the kingdom of darkness. Their prayers healed the lame, the blind, and cast out demons of every kind at the mention of the name of Jesus. Cities and even nations were written uh, or revived by their prayers and preaching. I have no doubt that their names are written in the hall of heaven's heroes and their deeds are repeated even among the angels of the Lord. You see, in days gone by, it was common that men would engage the Lord in what I call wrestling prayer. They would pray sometimes all night without sleep or food until victory was achieved. They would pray for hours, for days, for weeks, sometimes even years about the same matter. And they engaged the Lord in a wrestling match of prayer that sometimes lasted lifetimes and cost more than a limp. And God's blessings flowed out of their wrestling. Some years ago, I preached about the man under the stage. In that message, I spoke of William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, and how he would send prayer warriors on into the towns and cities where he planned to hold crusades. And they would go into these towns and these cities, and they would bathe the cities in prayer. There are stories of how they would just simply find a home where they could rent a basement, and they would just go into the basement, and day after day after day, they would fast and pray for weeks on end. Again, these people would spend hours, days, nights, even months on their faces before God, praying for souls to be saved. One such man was John Lawley. Lawley was known to literally crawl under the stage and pray fervently for the lost while Booth preached. 
There in the darkness and the dust on his face, he would cry out to God for, soul, for the souls of men and women who were stumbling on to damnation. If Booth felt there was little to no response to the gospel message, he would cry out to the man under the stage and say, pray, pray, pray. In response, prostitutes, drunks, criminals, sinners would cling to their pews under the conviction of their sins. It is said that they would tear the pages out of the hymn books to wipe their tears away. Then as the enormity of their sin and guilt before God became unbearable, Booth would call for Lawley. Where is Commissioner Lawley? Bring him out! And this man would crawl out from under that stage all dusty and sweaty. Standing up, he would pierce the hopelessness and lostness of the crowd with the hope of salvation in Christ through his own testimony. He would declare the forgiveness of sins by faith in Christ and make an appeal to them. It is recorded that often he would hardly need to make any appeal at all because the people were so desperate to be saved from their sins. And they seized the hold of Christ like drowning men and women, all because this man and others wrestled with God in prayer. When the saints would pray through in days gone by, they would gather together the strongest of the saints to pray and lay claim to the promises of God, to wrestle with God until God fulfilled His word. And there are Christians whose names are repeated with awe and wonder by those who know them because their prayers were so powerful. Booth, and Lawley, Praying Hyde, George Mueller, Wigglesworth, and many, many, many more. Now Jesus, he shows us how to pray in more ways than just the Lord's Prayer. If you think about it, Jesus taught us how to wrestle in prayer. Jesus prayed through, or as I call it, wrestled in prayer. Numerous times we find him praying through the night. He would say to his disciples, I'm going to go up here on the mountain and pray. And he would go all alone. After he was baptized by John, what was the first thing he did? He went out into the wilderness for 40 days to pray and to fast. In his passion, Jesus wrestled with the Father through the night before his crucifixion. And where did he find his disciples? Matthew 26. It says, And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, could you not watch with me just one hour? Could you not wrestle with me for this one hour? Could you not stand with me for this one bit of time? You know, the Bible talks about that Jesus and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in heaven day and night. And he wants us to stand and wrestle with him in prayer. But it's not just prayer. Sometimes we must wrestle through life to get to the Lord. Listen to another story of one who wrestled to get to the Lord from Mark chapter 5, verse 24. It says, And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. 
For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Now this woman obviously had great faith. But she had to exercise that faith by wrestling her way through the crowd to get to Yeshua, Jesus. First, again, it was a great crowd. It says people thronged around him. This is the way it was everywhere that Jesus went. People were trying to get near him. People were trying to touch him. Everybody wanted to be near Jesus. Everybody was pressing in on him. So to touch him, to get close to him, uh, she had to get in close. But think about it. Second, she wasn't supposed to touch anyone especially a rabbi or a priest, because under the law, her bleeding made her unclean. Many people would have looked down on her and assumed she was sinful because of her condition and certainly unclean because of the law. But she makes the decision that nothing is going to stand in the way of my healing. And think about it, healing it meant so much more than just simply being healed of the, her condition. It meant acceptance. It, made, it meant being clean. And so she said, I'm going to push through the crowd. I'm going to do whatever I can, even if it's just to grab the hem of his garment to receive my healing. And I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to let go until I receive the blessing. Don't you think the Lord knew what she needed? I mean, he is the all-knowing God of the universe. And yet he passes right by her, knowing that she needs healing. He wants her to wrestle through the crowd. He wants her to grab hold of him and not let go until she receives. You see, if she had stayed where she was she would likely have gone on bleeding until the day that she died. She would not have received the blessing as long as she stayed passive, as long as she stayed back, as long as she didn't fight through the crowd to grab a hold of him. She wasn't going to get her healing. She had to wrestle with God for the blessing. Like Jacob, the Lord wanted to produce something in her to bring out this great faith. And another story, which we sang of earlier, there was a man who was lame. Again, everywhere that Jesus went, there were great crowds. And the Bible says, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. Luke chapter 5. Not only do we have to wrestle for the blessing in our own lives, sometimes we have to wrestle for the blessing to be in others. This man's friends, they decided that whatever they needed to do to get this man to Jesus, they were going to do. 
They wrestled with the crowd, and when they found that they could not navigate the crowd, they couldn't find a way through, they went up to the roof. Now imagine this. They've got to carry their lame friend all the way up to the roof. I don't know if there was steps someplace on the outside of the building uh, or if some guy threw his friend over their shoulder and climbed up a ladder. But I'm sure it wasn't easy. And then they got up to the top and they busted a hole in the ceiling somehow and they lowered down their friend to get him to Jesus. Guess what? Sometimes we need to wrestle for the sake of others. It's not just about you. There's a lost world, real people who are going to hell. Some have been traumatized by sin. Some lost in a lifetime of sin with no understanding of how to be saved from it. How many of you understand the communities around us are failing? And we need to wrestle with the Lord for their sake. If you have a loved one that's not saved, wrestle with God for their soul. Like Lolly under the stage, get on your face before God and pray, pray, pray until the breakthrough comes. You want to see a revival, real revival where nations are changed? Wrestle with God and then go out and do whatever it takes to bring people to Jesus. It means sometimes we literally have to pick people up and carry them to the Lord. We must cut holes in the roof and lower them down so they can receive healing and salvation. Jesus said to the man who was lowered down, the lame man who was lowered down into his presence, man, your sins are forgiven. It was then that he said, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. The action of this man's friends resulted not just in healing, but in forgiveness and salvation. And so we must wrestle with God, not only for our own blessing, but for the blessing of others. Because, they are, because there are many who cannot find their way to the Lord without, again, someone to carry them there. And without using the term wrestling, Paul speaks to this thought of wrestling with God for the sake of souls in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 28, and then the first verse of chapter 2 says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. And then Colossians 4, verse 12, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. He's always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you. <clears throat> so first this year, we're going to wrestle with God. And I'm going to lay down this challenge to everyone. We're going to learn how to wrestle with God in prayer. 
Each month for our communion service, starting next month, we're going to focus on an aspect of prayer, how to pray, different ways to pray, different focuses of prayer, or how to fast. And then you'll be invited to set aside a time each and every day for prayer, where you will seek the Lord for that month in the manner which is taught, uh, taught on during that communion service. Then as we approach summer, we are once again going to increase our efforts to win the lost. We're going to carry in any who we need to, uh, who need to be healed and to need to be saved that can't get here on their own. We're going to wrestle in prayer and wrestle in work to win the state of Vermont, uh, the bordering towns in New Hampshire and Massachusetts for Jesus. This is the challenge for the year, to learn how to wrestle for the benefit of others. Uh, worship team, if you could come on back. But that's where we're going this year. We're going to learn to wrestle with God. Amen.